0: Hey everybody, my name is Dave Jackson and this is Tales from the Backlog, a video game show where I bring in guests to talk about the games we play. My guests today are friends of the show, both of the hosts of the List Off podcast. I'm lucky I got both of you at the same time, Brian and Ryan. Hey dudes.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: Good to have you guys.
2: Yeah, Yeah, we're super excited to be here for sure. Most definitely. Absolutely.
1: Thanks for the invite.
2: Yeah, it's it's great. Big fan of the show. Thanks.
0: I've been looking forward to this for a while. I'm a big fan of the List Off podcast too. So before we get into talking about our games uh, and stuff for today, can you uh, just tell my listeners for a second, what is the List Off podcast all about?
1: Sure. Yeah. This is the part where I usually say, take it away, Brian. <laughs> and I'll then, take uh, it away anytime. <laughs> yeah, go for it, dude. <laughs> go for it.
2: We are a list-based podcast. We mostly focus on video game lists. So like top 10s of PlayStation 4 games or top 10 water levels, music, etc. But yeah, we, we do that weekly and uh, sometimes we have guests.
1: Yeah, we're slowly approaching our two-year mark in like five, six months here. So uh, we thought we'd run out of ideas idea sooner or later and have to do something outside of video games, but it hasn't happened yet.
0: Hell yeah yeah and anyone who knows me and knows like my other show, the top three podcast knows that I'm a list person at heart, so like when I was like oh the, uh, a show that does video game focused lists, hell yeah, I'm in just from that I'm in, and it's a good show. I enjoy. I listen every week, and uh everyone listening to this show should check out the list off podcast for sure.
1: oh thank you, thank you, yeah, I do the same. I listen to your show every week, man it's oh uh, yeah it's it's gotten me into some good games. I'll say that much,
0: yeah. And today, we're going to be talking about another game that I think is uh, pretty good, which is Death's Door. And Death's Door is an, I'm going to say, an isometric action adventure game developed by a two-person developer team, which is kind of crazy. Just two people. Uh, They are called Acid Nerve. And this game was published by Devolver Digital in 2021. Uh, My elevator pitch for people listening, if you don't know what Death's Door is about, is think of a 2D Zelda game uh, with more difficult combat. Sound right to you guys?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Definitely Definitely uh, more
2: difficult combat. Yeah,
1: and definitely more of a Zelda game than a Souls-like.
2: Yes. (laughs) Oh, for sure.
0: We'll get into that later. I got some stuff to say about that for sure. So uh, before we get into talking about Death's Door, though, we usually open up the show by talking about uh, other games that we've been playing. So uh, I'll let you guys take it away. Other than uh, Death's Door, anything you played recently that you want to chat about?
1: Yeah, I'll start. I'll start with this one, Brian. Uh, So I have been erasing a huge blind spot from my gaming history, and I'm playing Mass Effect Uh, I'm currently playing through the first game, which uh, most people say the second game is the high point, so I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but I, I am enjoying the first game so far. I think I'm more than half the, half the way through it and uh, should finish it shortly here. I also just had to put down inscription on my computer to record. Uh, it is a game I did not want to put down, and it's a game I will say nothing about because um so far so good. I'm really enjoying it. Very dark in tone, kind of uh, deck builder meets escape room so far. So we'll mm-hmm. see where it goes from there. Yeah, you will see where it goes.
0: One of the previous guests on this show, on the uh, the messenger episode, talked about playing Inscription, and he was having a good time too. So uh, I, my PC can't run it, so I'm just hoping like (sighs) Devolver puts stuff on consoles all the time. So I hope they can do that for Inscription because I've heard basically nothing but good things about it, and like the, you know, the art style and the theme and stuff looks super cool.
1: Yeah. So I was afraid my PC couldn't run it. I have like a GTX 745, uh, which is actually just for business, but it, it does run <laughs> the game. So um pretty, pretty happy with that. Uh, but nice. I, I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait anymore for, for something to possibly be ported, right? So yeah. I, I definitely yeah. wanted to get it in before any spoilers hit my ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: they are working on console versions. I, I oh, did cool. hear that they themselves said it through Twitter. So
0: That's good. Yeah. That's good. And de- like I said, it's Devolver, and they usually port basically everything to consoles. So right. mm-hmm. good, good. Um, man, Mass Effect is, uh, well, are you're <laughs> playing the Legendary Edition, right? I am. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: on Game Pass. So uh, I don't. Yeah. you don't have Game Pass, right, Dave? I don't, I don't have oh an
0: Xbox, gosh. and I don't have a PC that can run most games. So Game yeah. Pass is just not, not going to be my thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I understand. I mean, they, there's rumors about them making a little dongle that you could add to your TV. So maybe oh, if that happens, shit. you could get in on it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I, uh, man,
0: I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, I wish I could have game pass because then I wouldn't have to buy so many games. Right. But then I'm already like, I have a backlog of like 75 games and then all the stuff in the PS now library, um, I don't need more games, Mm -hmm. but I would like to have access, you know?
1: Yeah, so I find that when I first got Game Pass, I had the same issue. I was like, oh my gosh, my backlog grew exponentially. I, You know, very anxiety-inducing. However, it offers you the freedom of trying a game, and if it's really not your thing within the first hour, you have no qualms about putting it down because you didn't spend money on it. So that's nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that would be nice. And if it's like... If it's just a thing you plug into your TV instead of paying, you know, $500 for a new Xbox, right. I think that would <laughs> yeah. be a lot easier to swallow for sure.
1: Absolutely.
2: Let's not forget about xCloud, though. Just one last point there. You can run that thing on a Chromebook if you really wanted it's true. to. It's true, yeah.
0: Uh, I don't not have a lot of experience. experience yeah, I've played a few things on uh, the PS Now, uh, like cloud streaming stuff, and it's worked out okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So... I wonder if I ever leave uh, Korea where I have like the world's greatest internet, if I go back to like <sighs> Ohio internet, it might not be right. so great. We'll Oof. see. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brian, what you been
2: playing, dude? So I have been knee deep in Returnal and yeah, yeah I, I knew I was going to love that game. I, I completely missed it last year, but now I have the PS5, the game, and yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm not that far. I've only gotten to the second boss can't seem to beat them uh but I, I i'm getting closer and closer so yeah that game really really is technically just a marvel and it feels yeah just like this arcade game but in a fully 3d world and that is just kind of mind-blowing yeah. i was just dodging bullets the other night and thinking like man this is just this is like space invaders just an in these little pockets of, of fights basically and it's yeah phenomenal what they did
1: I've talked so much about return but it is so seamless and so fast and smooth and the anime it really does that I think ex- you know really express what the ps5 is capable of better than any other game out there especially when you get into like the teleportation animations and oh, stuff yeah. when you get mm-hmm. like molecular it's just it's incredible
0: yeah yeah I, I loved Returnal so much. Like, um, I put it off for a long time too, even when I had the PS5, because I I don't like scary games and something about the marketing made it seem like it was a horror game. And right. there are some scary parts, but it's definitely not. So I, I kind of regret putting it off for so long. But yeah, I fucking love that game too. And um, it's going to be an episode on uh, Tales from the Backlog in the next few months. I have uh, another buddy who like just nice. really loved it too. Yeah, I... I don't have a lot of negative things to say about it. It's just a, it's just a good ass game. Yeah.
1: My first and only platinum trophy.
0: Oh man. I, I thought about it. Like, so to get the, after you beat the game to get the platinum, is it just like, do you have to max out the weapons and stuff like that? Is there anything weird you have to do?
1: The most tedious part is uh, getting all the xenoglyph ciphers. Oh yeah, uh, in the, in all the levels, it does a good job of tracking how many you have left. You just have to deal with the RNG of room spawns, which can right. be the tedious part. But I I just enjoyed the gameplay so much; it wasn't it didn't really bother me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. The gameplay is just incredible. Like, I, I wouldn't mind. I actually thought about, like, if I was going to start streaming again, like, why not just stream Returnal from time to time? Because it's just a blast to play through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. How about you? Oh, uh, let's see. I'm trying to think, like, it, it's always weird for me when people ask me, because I'm not sure, like, do I want to talk about games that I'm playing oh. that are going to be on the show later? <laughs> or? Uh I recently beat The Guardians of the Galaxy game and I don't nice. think that's going to end up being an episode of the show uh but I did love it like really I was playing a uh, Yakuza like a Dragon and I it, every day I was like play Yakuza a little bit less and play Guardians a little bit more like I just the story and characters and everything really sucked me in
1: Yeah the writing in that game is is really something else Yeah it's
0: I mean, so it's Eidos Montreal, and they're the ones mm-hmm. who made the the newer Deus Ex games, which I really, really like. So as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, that's okay. It's going to be better than that Avengers game, right? <laughs> but I, <laughs> they really nailed the Guardians, like how they banter with each other and get mad at each other and, uh, you know, rip on each other and everything that makes like them a good group. They really nailed it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and actually had like a really heartfelt uh, story going on too. It was great.
0: Yeah, I I, I was talking to uh, to Eric from uh, Sidequesting Podcast, mm-hmm. and we were both like, I wasn't expecting that level of emotion from a you know a Marvel game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've re- I, I've read. Some of the comic books are like, it, it, it could be heartfelt. Comic books could be heartfelt, no, they, guys. They can
0: for sure. And like, you know, some of the movies are heartfelt too. But like, yeah. I, I kind of feel like, you know, with the the Avengers game felt like such a, you know, cash grab in so many ways. Like I wasn't really expecting them to put energy into writing a really good heartfelt story for mm-hmm. what seemed like a kind of throwaway video game at the very beginning, you
1: know? Oh, yeah, especially when it was announced, it was it definitely exceeded I think everybody's expectations, for sure.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, what do you guys say we get into Death's door? Let's do it. Sounds good. All right. So, getting into Death's Door, uh, we are going to go spoiler-free, as always, on the show until we hit the spoiler wall later in the episode. So if you haven't played Death's Door, don't worry, we're not going to spoil uh, what the bosses are like, and we're not going to spoil what happens in the story until after that spoiler wall. So, uh, easy listening until then. And we always get started with the show, with our histories with the game. So what got us interested in playing Death's Door is... Um, And then uh, play time, if you remember how long it took you to play. So guest always goes first again. So I will pass it to you guys. What got you into Death's Door?
2: So for me, I had not known about this game whatsoever. And then it came out and people were really high up on it. And it felt like it was a Game Pass game. I think a lot of people assumed since it's an xbox exclusive at the time that oh this is just a game pass game i'll pop it in and, and see how it is uh that was not the case and it took me a while to to get around to buying it and playing it but just all the buzz that was happening around this game at the time and people saying it was a, a game of the year contender and uh, just really talking it up uh that had me interested just the the zelda aspects uh the dungeons so the moment i i had the free time really i i grabbed that game and it was like for sure 599 on epic so mm-hmm. like yeah it was a no-brainer
1: yeah yeah no it was, it was a similar thing it seemed like it was just part of the zeitgeist for a while there where everywhere you turned people were talking about it whether it be on youtube or listening to other podcasts you know people really were singing its praises uh we actually you had mentioned eric from the side questing podcast he had guested on our show and we uh, had a few questions at the end, and he was—he really drilled it home. He said, "You got to get Death Door. It's twenty dollars. It's worth every penny." So I think that night I downloaded it and and played it and um, started playing it. it. Took me probably about nine hours, I'd say, maybe seven to nine hours somewhere in there to get through it. Uh, it is a lighter game, but um, yeah, it, it definitely had enough hype that uh, it piqued my interest, and then to have someone who's opinion I respected say go ahead and get it it was all I needed for an excuse to spend the money I agree though it did seem like a game that should be on game pass and I was kind of tough to buy that (laughs) you know to actually spend money on my xbox felt a little strange but I did
0: does doesn't it feel weird when there's a game that launches on xbox and it's not on game pass from day one you're like wait are you are they allowed to do that
1: yeah 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 it did it felt funny having to like spend money on the Xbox it's like no I don't <laughs> want to do this this is wrong yeah um
0: for me uh, same thing as you guys like as soon as the game came out it was getting a ton of buzz people saying like this is a game of the year type game but what really got me is people were invoking uh the words dark souls right in uh the description of the game and if anyone uh listened to my like 2021 in review podcast uh, I already talked about this at length when talking about Death's Door, but so that Souls-like label is what like drew me in because I'm a huge, huge Dark Souls, uh, Bloodborne fan. Those types of games, and if someone says there's a good one, I will play it at some point. So it was, uh, again, I don't have a PC that can run things, and I don't have an Xbox, so I was like just waiting for that, you know, Switch port, and I bought it day one when it came out on Switch. And uh, for me, it took nine and a half hours. Um, I love it when games keep track of how long uh, it takes you to play. Like, I, I'm yeah. just kind of a sicko with stuff like that. So, uh, I'm glad it did. So, for anyone listening, this is not um, a very long game. It's, I mean, shorter than most Zelda games, uh, of which this is a uh, most direct comparison. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think all the new gen consoles, too, tracked playtime. So, yeah. Pretty
0: cool. Yeah, I was,
1: uh, I, I was, I love, I love seeing that stuff too, man. I always like check other people's play times. And, I yeah. do. It's,
0: it's the only reason I want to add friends on switch. Cause you can't do anything with your friends on switch really, except <laughs> right. see what games they're playing and how long they're playing them. And I like to peek and be like, Oh, this person's got 580 hours in animal crossing. Good oh, fruit. Look oh, at that. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you should look at my Splatoon playtime, Splatoon 2. Oh, Splatoon's, <laughs> yes. an,
0: Splatoon's another one up there where I'm like, I have a couple people on my friends list that are like, you know, 20 hours in Mario, you know, 15 hours right. in this game, and then 780 hours in Splatoon 2. And I'm like,
1: oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a good game.
0: Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about kind of what makes um, Death's Door special, what makes it stand out. And we're going to start out by talking about the story And uh, in Death's Door, you play as a cute little crow, which again, it's another part of like the charm of this game is uh, the characters and you're playing this cute little crow dude who has a uh, lightsaber or something like that. And your job is to harvest souls for this kind of like, looks like a government office. Um, You know, kind of like the underworld in Hades is presented as a... uh, you know, a government office. It's kind of the same in this game. So you go out on an assignment and you're supposed to harvest this soul, but somebody steals it from you. And they introduce this thing where like, while you're out on assignment, you are mortal and you can actually die, which I guess these crows are immortal. Um, so that kind of like, sets up the story with the game where something's gone wrong in the bureau. You're trying to get after the soul that you have to go get for your job. And that sets you out in the world uh, to go out and like, this is your task throughout the game. Uh, So throughout the game, Death's Door gives you like lore notes, kind of, I mean... I feel like I'm going to say Dark Souls a lot in this podcast, like I did in the Hollow Knight one too. Uh, so drink every time you hear me say Dark Souls. Uh, but kind of like Dark Souls, you get little like lore snippets as you go through. Uh, but and you're alone most of the time instead of getting, um, you know, the owl in Zelda talking to you the entire game or something like mm-hmm. that. So um, that that's all I'll say about the story. But um, what do you guys think about the the overall plot and like or i guess like themes if we're not getting direct plot all the time Mm -hmm. in this game
1: well i definitely think the theme's interesting i mean and you know uh you compared it to hades and visually it is very much that bureaucracy office space uh you know everybody has to do their desk job to like tally death right yeah Uh, but i did think it did a very good job uh Kind of telling you that when you step out, you are mortal. You age. Uh, it immediately instills a fear of death in you. That that makes it. Uh, really, the whole game is centered around death and and the fear of it. So it really drills that home almost immediately. Um, but I think the aesthetics great. I think the crow is like you said, adorable. Like super cute little. He's just, little...
2: He's just along for the ride. He he right. doesn't really have any interest in what anyone's talking about he's just doing a crow's like looking around and i love yeah the mannerisms (laughs) yeah whenever
1: people are talking to you you're like you almost get the feeling like the crow is just a crow like he doesn't really understand what people are saying he's just looking (laughs) around like a crow does and yeah it's great Uh, the
0: uh that's something that's it's going to be a consistent like point of praise throughout the show i think is is uh the animations and um the just how like smooth and kind of well thought out it's a really simple game in a lot of ways but like it's very very tight in Mm -hmm. in those kind of ways and like yeah the animations with the crows uh are they're excellent yeah
1: yeah yeah um i do think the storytelling there's a lot there uh if you take your time through the levels you can you know kind of find out what's going on in any particular level or with the boss of that level. So I do think things tend to be a little more vague in the souls games where yeah. you gather, you like what you're reading, right? You like all the lore in a souls game, but ultimately, I don't know about you. I always got to go to like a YouTube channel and oh, have yeah, me too. like, yeah. Okay. Like how does this all fit together? You definitely don't have to do that with this game. It is very yeah. much there for you to figure out and you don't, you can figure it out on your own.
0: Yeah, each um each kind of like spoke you're going off on in, in like a I'm actually playing Majora's Mask right now and it's it's very similar how you go off on these spokes as you go through the story and each spoke has a contained story in there all relating to that theme of death. So they are a little bit more direct with some of the storytelling uh with those individual stories, but the like the bigger story and like what's actually going on in the world um you get little lore notes throughout and then you get more direct storytelling toward the end, but we'll go into that in the spoiler section.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And throughout the game, uh, you are going to meet some characters like NPC characters. There's usually one major NPC in each of those uh, spokes, and they're going to kind of be your your vessel for like that spokes individual story. And another thing that I think is cool is the bosses uh, in the game are not just like monsters that just show up when you get to the boss room, they have their own story. Some of them will actually talk to you as you make their way, make your way through their dungeon. And you can learn like what's going on with them too. Cause uh, they are all souls that you need to uh, capture for part of the main plot too. So that should tell you like, I need to capture their soul. This person is uh, should be dead, but they're not. And they all Mm. have their own kind of individual reasons for, why they're cheating death.
1: Yeah, um, so it threw me off the first time I ran into one of those bosses, the first the first one, when they just kind of appear in a room and start talking to you, and I was like, oh, oh, it's like, is it going down right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't feel prepared for this. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, you definitely got a sense of their personality every time that happened. That was a really cool way of doing it. It kind of reminded me of Super Mario RPG, because a lot of the times, like bosses or enemies would, would have entire conversations with you. And that's another example of, well, Mario just stands there and like he'll maybe shake his head or, or jump up <laughs> and down, but yeah. he doesn't have a lot of things to say about it. Yeah. So
0: Mario's always yeah. been a man of a uh, few words. That's right. <laughs> Mario um,
2: basically
1: has the <laughs> intelligence of a crow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: I, I don't know. I might. I don't know. If I had to pick one person or one character to get something done, I might pick the crow in this game over Mario. Uh, the crow's extremely focused on the the task at hand here.
1: Yeah, I think That's right. it's, <laughs> I mean, it would be hard to say he has more, you know, things at his disposal because Mario has quite the, uh, the bat belt uh- <laughs> oh yeah it's <He's> got hammers <laughs> you know, he, and fireballs you can kind of do it all so it's it, that's a, that would be a tough call I, i'm glad you mentioned those characters that you run into in each level too they were some of the most uh, endearing parts of the game for me uh just each one of them is unique and and tells a unique story and and just came off as like a, a co- some of them came off as like cool guys i just want to like hang out with you know uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah it was good
0: yeah for sure Um, Another thing that stands out in Death's Door is uh, you've already heard a little bit of music throughout this episode. And um, on uh, the main quest podcast, big 2021 game of the year uh, podcast that he did, uh, Death's Door was the winner for best soundtrack uh, for me, was my winner for best soundtrack of uh, 2021. And I just think that the music in this game is like it's incredible, and it's past that kind of test I have, where like, do I listen to this outside of actually playing the game? And I actually listen to this soundtrack a lot. It's uh, it's very good.
2: Yeah, a lot of harp sounds. I, I feel like are like plucking, like. Mm-hmm, I feel like piano. that was one of the main things that that I enjoyed from it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's very like lo-fi, right. And, uh, easy listening. It's, it's good though. It's very, very good music and uh, very somber. It, it definitely conveys the tones of the game.
0: Yeah. And so I like, like when you're going through some of the levels, it's, it's really laid back and you get like these nice piano melodies or, um, like more fantastical instruments for lack of a better uh, description. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about instruments, but, um, <laughs> uh, uh, uh the uh, like the boss tracks will like get into these like big like electric guitar uh, based right. Right. songs that are really really cool, and then there are some like huge like uh, fairy tale like um, yeah just like fairy tale ask melodies that play yeah. in um, kind of more like uplifting or like more energetic moments um, as you're right. exploring or in cutscenes and stuff like that, and it's just Very whimsical. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Whimsical yeah let me write yeah, that one I'm, down for next time
1: <laughs> i think we're we're very similar in that aspect dave uh i love music i love video game soundtracks i definitely know what i like but i don't know shit about music like yeah, exactly. how to make it any instrument nothing about it yeah
0: i <laughs> I can just tell you that this the soundtrack is just it's excellent and it's it's varied and uh, they do that thing that you know good video game soundtracks do where they take that main melody and they put it in different situations with different tones to it uh, to kind of convey like what's going on in that particular scene. Uh, Hmm. I want to shout out the composer his name is David Fenn uh, fellow David. Uh, We'll leave the jury out for like who's the better David but Uh, he made a fucking great (laughs) video game soundtrack and, uh, I make a, uh, video game podcast. podcast. I was going to say it's, it's up to you whether it's fucking great or not, but, um, (laughs) he, he made a great soundtrack, uh, and I'm sure there are other people that helped, but, uh, yeah, fantastic soundtrack.
1: Yeah. I would say you make two great podcasts. That's right. I want to forget about uh, the
0: (laughs) top three show. You might have him there. Yeah. That's true. Two is greater than one and as far as I know, well maybe he did another game. I'm gonna have to do more research. He did. He did do another game. Oh no. I'm sure he did. A few more. I'm 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 in shambles over here. Um and uh, we we talked a little bit about visuals before, but um, we talked about animations that are very very smooth and good. Uh, the game is really colorful with uh, different themes for each area, as you might expect. You know, you have your snow area, you have your swamp area, and they're very um, just like the artistic style is really simple, but at the same time, it looks nice. It's a it's a good game to look at, and then. In the Crow's headquarters, it's this black and white, and I love the like contrast. Everything's black and white except that glowing red like lightsaber you're carrying around. And that just always struck me as so cool.
1: Yeah, wasn't it wasn't something else at some point doesn't isn't there a little more color in that environment? I can't I can't remember it. It's been a little while, but
0: there's stuff that happens in there that introduces uh colors in flashes, but you know We'll save that for later. But for the most part, when you're walking around, you, uh, you, it's just all black and white, everything. The characters, there's some like little green dudes, plant dudes running around in there. But uh, most of the time, it's just you and that, uh, that glowing lightsaber
2: thing. Yeah, very muted. Mm-hmm. So definitely black and white in the office kind of area. But everything else is just so muted when you get into these worlds.
1: I do like how each world was structured. Uh, It is one single environment, but there typically is at least two parts to that environment. You know, there's either an outdoor and an indoor part or like a cave or... It Mm -hmm. always felt like you were exploring something new because of that slight change.
2: And it felt like a real space too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that perspective really helped give a sense of exactly where you were. And yeah, whenever you did go into a cave... You would come out the other side and like, oh yeah, that that was the distance I covered. It, it all visually makes sense, right?
0: Yeah, and they they do a cool thing in those environments that you're going through, where like the environments are really big, and there's usually like one path you need to follow to make your way through it. But uh, they do that very good. Uh, Dark Souls, take a drink, everybody thing where you're unlocking uh, shortcuts to make like if you die uh, it makes your trip back to where you died much shorter and it always feels good to find those shortcuts
1: mm-hmm. yeah I love those moments
2: <laughs> yeah those are always good I feel like I want a zoomed out just picture of the world because it, yeah. it's all like connected like you said so it, it would yeah. make just a really big world so that you could look at everything at once
0: Well, we're talking about kind of going through those levels, so we might as well talk about what it's like to explore those levels because, uh, like, we we kind of made the comparison already to Zelda. Um, So what I meant by that is mostly there's uh, big dungeons, just like Zelda games have. But uh, before you get into the dungeons, you're going through these big environments, and you're exploring, um, you're solving little mini-puzzles, you're fighting and stuff like that. And uh, something I think this game does really well is you have a good reason to like poke around everywhere because there's always good stuff to find. Um, you're finding like currency that you can use for your um, your skill tree upgrades and stuff like that. And it's like they have this weird thing with the experience system in the game where you uh, you need these you need this currency to upgrade, but you you get like shit currency for fighting enemies in the game you'll get like one experience for killing an enemy or like 10 for killing a hard enemy but you'll get like hundreds as exploration rewards in the game Mm -hmm. so you're really incentivized to poke around everywhere
1: i didn't even pick up on that during my playthrough that's funny uh i just kind of didn't pay much attention to the experience until it was, like, time to spend it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's actually really interesting that they did it that way. I think that's that's cool. Like you said, it incentivizes exploration.
0: Yeah. Well, like, I came I came at it, like, again, I told you, I thought this was a Souls-like game. So I was, you know, I was watching how much experience I get for each fight like I would in a, <laughs> uh, a Souls game. And I was like, wait, I got two experience for that?
1: What's going on here? Yeah, slap in the face.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think that one of the coolest things about the exploration was when you would find those secrets because sometimes it would be hidden and you would kind of see like a a shrine or something and you would try to make your way over there and the world would just rotate when you got into view and that Mm -hmm. was your, you found the secret kind of visual cue. Um, So that was really cool. Sometimes there would be, huge things just like hidden behind like a cliff face that you had no idea was even there
1: yeah Yeah. they did some interesting things with that kind of 2.5d like like captain toad's treasure tracker kind of thing exactly right Yeah. yeah you just turn a corner and all of a sudden it's a huge huge room there right yeah And uh, other cool things you
0: can find uh, by exploring, Uh, you are playing as a crow. So you find these collectibles called shiny objects, literally called shiny objects. uh, And those have little lore notes with them too. Um, Sometimes those things allow you to solve other puzzles. Uh, You will sometimes find these uh, shrines uh, that you can kind of interact with and they work like heart pieces in Zelda uh, for both health and magic. I only found enough to get like one health upgrade through the whole game. Like they're really Two. hidden, and I yeah, got the four. Yeah. I got the fourth one like way
2: late in the game. Right, same yeah. exact thing happened to me.
1: Yeah, I think I got a few more than that, but I never made it to the second upgrade. I think isn't there? Doesn't it take like five to get the upgrade as well? It's, it's not, a lot. It's not the same as like heart pieces where you get four of them and you get the whole whole thing. Yeah, yeah it was, felt was like you had
2: lot. to do a lot more.
0: Yeah. Well, in any case, they are definitely more rare than heart pieces uh, in a Zelda game where you're just like, you know, if you're paying attention at all, if you're doing mini games, you'll, you'll get plenty of heart pieces in a Zelda game. And this game is not uh, not as generous with those. But, like, we all beat the game. So it's not like we were, like, struggling, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple other things you can find when you're um, exploring around. Sometimes you'll find new weapons. Uh, and they have different like attack animations and stuff, so you can kind of customize the way you want your crow to fight. I stuck with the lightsaber sword the whole game because it's badass. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really?
1: Like you guys never used any of the other weapons? I Not tried them really.
0: out. I tried them out, but it was like um, I I just didn't. They have so they have different animations, and so this happens to me in other games like this too, where I'm like. I get a new weapon, and I try it out, and I'm like, I'm used to the old weapon. I don't like how this one feels, so I go back to the old one. That's just kind of mm-hmm. how I am.
2: You know what yeah. the worst feeling was? Completely separate game, but Resident Evil 4, I would do that all the time, where I would like upgrade the gun all the way, and <laughs> then get the new one and be like, but I put oh, everything into oh, this yeah. one. yeah, <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time in that game, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you, or Ryan, you, uh, you were experimenting with the weapons.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually found, so I don't, I don't know how much I want to give away here about as far as what the weapons are, but they alter your attack speed or power or things Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I definitely experimented with the weapons and I found that it, it, it probably helped me greatly, maybe just in my head, but, um, there are a few that. You know, one hit it might be a little slower, but it hits like a truck. And another one is going to be a little faster, but it's like you die by a thousand cuts, right? Right. Um, so I, I really found myself alternating between those two and not really using the standard weapon at Interesting. Uh, for a good chunk of the game.
0: Okay. Well, there you go. An endorsement for people listening, like experiment with the weapons. Don't be like me and just use the the standard one because that's what you're used to all the time. I kind of, in games like this, because this game is not easy. And in any game like this, where it's a little bit difficult, um, I'm if I'm really comfortable with a weapon, I'll just use what I'm comfortable with. And, you know, mm-hmm. if it takes me two or three more hits to kill something, that's cool because I'm comfortable with what I'm doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's, so you not to get off topic but you say the game's not easy um i don't think it's necessarily hard it's just one of those games like take a shot like a souls like (laughs) game where uh you have to be okay with dying
0: yeah 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 Yeah. you're gonna die uh yeah yeah i mean i guess that's something that this game does that is um it is difficult, but this is like a thing in its favor where like I was okay with dying while I was learning something, mm-hmm. uh, just like in, you know, a Souls game where that's that's shot. part of the joy of playing those games is... Yeah, take a shot. Um, <laughs> part of the joy of playing those games is dying, but at the same time learning how to do a little bit better next time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the punishment for death is so much less in this game than it is yeah. in any of those games that it really... It's not a hindrance. It's Are just we, a slight setback.
0: Is that our code now? We're just going to say those games from now yes. on? <laughs> yeah. Well, I
1: mean, I listened to this, uh, when I listen to your podcast, it tends to be like six in the morning. So I'm, I'm not going to be taking shots. So I'm just going to okay. say those games. <laughs> well, you can take a shot
0: of a uh, shot of espresso if that's your thing at yeah. six in the morning. <laughs> I'll do um, that. that might make your heart explode. Maybe reevaluate that strategy. <laughs> um, One other thing that uh, I found while exploring, uh, last thing, is you can actually find hidden boss fights um, through exploring the game, and uh, they're pretty hard. Uh, There's a couple of enemies that repeat as, like, you know, hidden bosses, and they get harder, like, depending on where you find them and stuff like that. Uh, But it is always cool to, like, break open a cave and go in there, and now you're fighting a boss, and that was always a cool thing to find.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, they are hard. Yeah, <laughs> some of the hardest fights in the game, actually. Yeah, from my experience, anyway. I don't know how you guys feel about no, it. No, but...
0: mine too, for sure. And it's it's always like um, when you're in a dungeon and you're fighting the boss, you have a quick way to get back to that boss if you die, you know. But in um, in those hidden fights, it might be just in a cave in the middle of nowhere, in the middle right. of a level that's far away from one of your spawn points, and you have to run back there if you want to fight it again.
1: Yeah, so. yeah, very familiar with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And the last thing uh, to talk about with exploring is like a Zelda game and not unlike a uh, Metroidvania, you're going to pick up items. That, I mean, like, there's literally a hookshot in this game, which is why I'm <laughs> uh, saying like Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. So just like in a Zelda game, you have come across points like before that where you're like, I need a hookshot for this. I got to come back later. And uh, Death's Door does that same thing with the uh, the few upgrades that you get. You get like, a, you get bombs and you get your um, your hookshot, you get like a fire spell and all of these will unlock new secrets for you to find and upgrades and stuff like that if you take the time to go back through those levels.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess now it's a, it might be a little late to say the crow doesn't fly. So you will need a hookshot.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's got that heavy weapon. You can't exactly, anywhere. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. When you guys play um, Zelda games or Metroidvanias or something, is that something you like doing? Going back through those uh, those old levels to kind of comb for all those upgrades you missed before.
2: I feel like I did that more when I was younger. I would get the upgrade and then go back all the way through. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, I just get it and then go to the next place to like mainline the story. And then maybe I'll go back.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is why we get along so well, Brian. Because uh, I'm kind of the same way. When I was a kid, and you had the one game that you just pour hours into and and search every corner of, uh, I would definitely do it more if the game is good enough. I I, I will do that sort of thing. Um, but it really depends on how far back I have to go. You know, if there's something within the area I'm in, sure, cool, I'll do it. But if I have to go like all the way back to the beginning, it's not gonna happen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for me, it kind of depends on like, especially in a Metroidvania where you gotta go through a whole bunch of rooms and stuff, it kind of depends on how good it feels to play, you know? Am I having fun Mm. just like jumping and gliding around? If Mm. so, I'm much more likely to do it. Um, In Death's Door, it's kind of in the middle. I went back through the big hub level, uh, for upgrades, but I didn't go back through all of the uh, the spokes looking for upgrades. That's probably why I didn't find so many of those shrines.
1: Uh, maybe that's <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah, well, I did the same, so yeah. yeah, probably why I didn't find them either.
0: Yeah, and uh, well, a little tease for what's coming up after the music break is uh, part of the reason that I didn't go back through all these levels is uh, the combat. So we're going to take a little music break. When we come back, we'll talk about the combat, which is a big part of what you're doing in these levels. All right. So talking about the combat in Death's Door, this is an uh, isometric action game. We talked about Hades before. This is the same kind of thing. And uh, before I kind of talk about um, my issues with the combat, because I don't love it, uh, I will say that this is extremely smooth and there's like no jank at all. It's really polished uh, as far as combat goes. I never really had like hitbox issues or... um, enemies glitching or anything like that. It's extremely smooth.
1: Mm-hmm. So you want That was my to experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It was very smooth, very responsive. Um, it felt kind of standard. Uh, it felt like you never got better at fighting as the game went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it felt like the only thing it did that was different from maybe some of the older Zelda games is it added a role.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and like a like a good roll, like a, I think the mm-hmm. roll gives you iframes. frames. Uh, like it, yeah. actually, I'm I'm sure I'm pretty sure it does because you have to roll through um, like wave attacks and stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which yeah. I don't think Zelda rolls give you iframes. They're just kind of there, right? So yeah, we talked about the weapons. So you have your main weapon that you equip. Uh, there are five total in the game, and you find them through uh, mostly exploring. You also have a bow and arrow, which uh, you can shoot um, a limited number of arrows, um, and then you recharge it by hitting stuff in the environment, by hitting enemies, or any time um, you need the bow and arrow for a puzzle, they'll put pots and stuff that you can smash to refill your ammo, like a hyperlight drifter type thing. Um You also get a fire spell, a bomb, a hook shot, a charged attack, and then like we said, a dodge. And those are your combat abilities throughout the game. Um, You can upgrade your bow and your spells and your hook shot by fighting this optional boss uh, that you can find. And it's actually a really fun fight. Uh, I enjoyed that, but I don't know how good an upgraded hook shot actually is, you know? Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Go farther. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite out of these weapons that you, you found yourself using most, like, inside or outside of combat?
0: Um, I basically always kept the fire spell equipped, um, and then, yeah, just the lightsaber. Uh, but in combat, combat is really, like, frantic in most of mm. the things here. And so I, I had my bow equipped for bosses to do, like, just chip damage whenever I had a, a nice shot, But during like the regular combat, I, it was really just melee uh, fighting unless there was some enemy I couldn't reach. For me, it was, it was the
1: bow.
2: Oh yeah. The bow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was the one I upgraded. So it didn't take long. It didn't have a long delay to, to fire. So Mm. I think that might've helped. Um, And I just, uh, yeah, I would go ham with that, with that bow.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like I used the bomb spell a decent amount. It was a good way to kick things off, but yeah, definitely yeah, the bow and arrow good. too.
1: Oh, it's interesting. We all kind of use different things too. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. For such a limited uh, tool set, it's not like you're building, you know, your specific type of character that you want to build. Uh, it is cool that all of us found different things we liked using. Um, in uh, so most of the combat is. These There are enemies like in the levels, they're just kind of walking around uh, to fight, but the way the game has made combat challenges is uh, with these kind of like horde wave encounters. And this is in your important rooms. Uh, You always have to fight them as you're making your way through uh, the level to get into the dungeon. When you find your big dungeon upgrade, like Hookshot, for example, you have to do a big wave-based thing um and uh i don't like these at all i don't i I don't like uh i don't like how this is this is how the game has made combat encounters which is just wave and then wave and then wave like there's there's i don't feel like there's any of these where they have creatively like okay this enemy here this enemy here to create a challenge it's like you're gonna fight this uh, this small guy, and then you're gonna fight mm. this big guy, and then you're gonna fight the small guy and the big guy, and <laughs> right. that's how a lot of those things go. And I'm by the end of it, I was like, oh god, another fucking wave combat. <laughs> I wasn't a fan.
1: Right. No, I, I I get it. It is that like it, it just ramps up, and uh, there's one that I had a specifically that I had a really hard time with later in the game, um, where it was like, yeah, oh here's a small guy and a big guy. Now here's two big guys. Now here's three big guys. Yeah. Now here's <laughs> yeah. four, you know? Yeah. And it's like, stop. Exactly. <laughs> like where's the end to this? Yeah. Um, so I, I can see your gripes with it, but I, I, I had enough fun with them that, uh, I I don't know if I would necessarily classify it as a negative, but um I could definitely see how it would get annoying.
0: Yeah. Well, like, so I, I don't know. In the beginning of the game, Um, I thought like, okay, this, this is cool. So uh, I have to pass this challenge and Zelda does this too, where you'll go in a room and a bunch of enemies come out and you have to kill all the enemies to unlock the door. And so this game does that too in the dungeons and stuff, but it's just anytime they want to have a combat challenge, it's a wave encounter every single time. And I like by like the halfway point in the game, I would see like those pink doors opening. I'm like, oh, God damn it. Not again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like the sa- the saving grace is that the combat's really smooth and it's, it's you know, it would suck if like the combat was janky and the hitboxes were bad, but it's not like that. So like if you like fighting in this game, then uh, you may enjoy these wave-based things more than I did.
2: I'm generally a wave-based fan. You know, I, I like horde mode and uh, whatever it's called in Halo. But yeah, I, I kind of echo the same things you guys are talking about. Um, it When it was more challenging, when there were more enemies in those later levels, I tended to enjoy it more just because I was having to think about more about the combat, um, which I did really like. So when it was really tough, that was the, the time that it really shined for me.
1: Yeah. I feel like I can't gripe about this too much though, because there is another wave based type of battle that I really enjoyed. Um, but well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I I don't know. I just got tired of it. And the other thing that like, I actually think, okay, Brian, you, you brought up a good point. I don't like waves in, any game really, if it's like playing like a, you know, a co-op shooter or something like that. And that's how it is. It's like, you know, wave after wave after wave. I just, I don't want to play that kind of game. Ah. So maybe I'm like inherently against that kind of thing. But the thing that I think like kills this for me is the, uh, healing system in death's door, which, um, so I, the healing system, I think is a, a bad design decision. I don't like this at all. So you can't heal in combat at all, uh, or during exploration. And it, like in a Zelda game, you can't heal like by yourself, but you find hearts everywhere. Even in boss arenas, you find hearts that will heal you. Uh, so in this game, you can't heal at all. And I th- you can only heal at these like special pots around the levels and you have to find a seed to plant in the pot. And then once you plant it, it will always have a seed in it. So you can return to it and heal um, mm-hmm. after a certain number of time. So I get, they're trying to set up these healing stations throughout the levels. And I think like I talked about this in the uh, Death gambit and the dark souls episode, I think what they're doing is they're saying like you have uh, four hits you can take during this combat challenge. You can make four mistakes, but some of those wave things are really long, and the enemies uh, they can get overwhelming. They, there can be a lot of enemies on the screen at the same time, and uh, I just I just don't like this. Like if you want me to only be able to take a, a certain number of hits, let me heal. A certain number of times. Give me estes flask, basically. That's what I'm saying. Or, uh, <laughs> I I don't know. It's it's kind of demoralizing. Don't make it
1: so hard. Don't make it so hard to find like the heart pieces. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like and, and again, I beat the game. This wasn't something that made me want to like stop playing. But, you know. When those wave things come up, if you if you take a hit early on in the encounter, it kind of like psychs you out a little bit because you're like, oh, the hardest stuff hasn't even come and I can only get hit two more times. Uh, and I, I just don't like this at all.
2: I, I kind of viewed it as like a typewriter Resident Evil system where it was just like, all right, here's the point that I'm at and then I'm going to either get to the next save point or I'm I'm not and I have to start over. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that perspective helped me. I totally get where you're coming from with that where yeah you have no agency over when you can kind of get a breather at any one point
1: yeah. right I think there some in in some levels those pots are spaced out really well in others they're like every turn you there was one level in particular where it seemed like you'd you'd do like a loop like go to the next corner and there'd be another pot there. And it was like I really don't need this to be here. Like I just had one, and then there were other times where like there wouldn't be a pot anywhere. Right? Yeah. So maybe maybe that would work, but I agree, it is a hindrance not being able to to heal mid battle. Definitely yeah. hurts. Yeah.
0: Like give me give me one heart equivalent of healing after I beat one of the waves, or like. If it's like the super long wave fight, like maybe have one enemy drop something that will heal me one thing, you know, Mm -hmm. just not having any healing at all during these like long combat things was just a bummer And it. For me, it was like a major strike for like how fun this game actually was Uh, because you're doing a lot of fighting.
1: Yeah, it uh, definitely makes those moments a little bit more tense, too, when you're down to your last little, you know, gem of health, right? And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. Puts a lot more pressure on you. Yeah. But one thing that I thought was really, really
0: good uh, is the boss fights. And this is really surprising for, like, for me to say that I don't really like the regular combat in the game, but I love the boss fights. That's, like, the opposite (laughs) of how a lot of games end up being, uh, I think. Um, these boss fights, I think are all really good. Uh, they're hard, uh, especially the optional ones are hard, but they really tap into that. Like you can learn this boss's move set and then you can, um, just skill your way through it. Uh, they're really skill based. Um, I think they're really good.
2: Yeah, I I loved them. That this was one of the highest points for me was mm-hmm. figuring out the bosses. There was one that I had a really difficult time, but then you learn it and understand. Okay, these these are all my mistakes. It's it's fair, but I just need to learn it and get through it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd say aside from the music, this like Brian said was the other high point of the game for me. The you know rabble that you find throughout the level. I. I Felt the same as you, Dave. I was like, man, I just want to get through this. Like this is just in my way. And anytime that I died and had to go back and make it through it again, it was like, really? Like these guys again? Yeah. Uh, so (laughs) they maybe could have done a little more with the, you know, average enemy, but they did a superb job with the bosses.
0: Yeah. Totally agree. And again, this is a really small developer, so they have um you know, limited resources and right. time that they can put into everything in the game, and it's it's pretty clear to me that they spent a lot of time making the uh, making the game very smooth throughout. Everything is smooth and responsive, and then they made a lot of uh, put a lot of effort into making these boss fight these boss fights really really good. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, if you've played a Zelda game, just you know, there's Zelda type boss fights. They all have a a kind of puzzly gimmick to how to, uh, beat them. It's not like, uh, you know, this enemy has a glowing eye shoot the eye three times. Okay. It's not like, it's a bit more advanced than that. Uh, but they, they all have a gimmick. There's one that's in the trailer. So I, I don't really feel bad talking about it. Um, the first boss you fight is, uh, this, you know, big centipede thing. That's like s- or smashing its arms down. And so you just have to avoid the arms and, um, uh, just go whack the uh, the middle of it, um, and then the one after that, which is also in the trailer, is the uh, uh, she's called the the urn witch or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so she'll she'll like a Zelda boss actually does. She'll hop inside of the urn and and jump around, and you got to use your ability uh, that you got in the level. So big inspiration from Zelda stuff. They're, uh some of the boss fights were really long, like they. They take a lot of hits, but they're pretty fun. And once it's one of those things where once you figure out what the boss is doing, um, you're you're not gonna like get surprised by anything. You just have to keep executing.
1: Yeah. So if we're if we're able to talk about the the witch of urns, right? We're able yeah, to discuss a little bit of that.
0: She's in the trailer, so I cool. don't feel bad about that.
1: So I think this highlights what this game does really well. As you go throughout that level, you encounter. Puzzles, right? That you have to solve, and they use vases, right? And mm-hmm. a certain color of vase or vase, if you're pretentious. I was gonna say <laughs> my explode. To say vase? Oh, see, look at Brian's pretentious. <laughs> I knew it, man. I knew it, man. Uh, so vase? Uh, so they a certain color when you hit it, it will explode, right? When this is when you're going throughout the level. Another, you know, they all have these different qu- qualities to it. So when you go in to get to this boss, you know not to touch a certain color of vase that she's like throwing your way Mm -hmm. because you know, it explodes from that prior experience. And I thought that, you know, that's really good design there. Uh, It gives you an immediate uh, idea of how to defeat the boss. And there's, it's not obtuse, like, Oh, I got to figure this out on the fly. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, So yeah, it's one of those highlights of the boss fights for me is they all kind of telegraph what needs to be done even prior to getting to the boss itself.
0: Yeah. But you have, um, so yeah, and like Zelda bosses will kind of teach you that too as you go through the the dungeons. You're learning how to use that item, and then you have to use that item against the boss you're fighting. And it's it's the same in Death's Door.
2: And uh, but, but you don't
1: have like a baboon slapping its bare butt like yeah. here, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, that yeah.
2: is the only kind of thing I take direction from.
1: Yeah, yeah. I true. mean that happened in the Zelda game. Right? Like, yeah, okay, guys. yeah. Uh, Twilight mean, Princess
0: like yeah. sidebar the 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 NPCs and stuff like that in Zelda are all just fucking bonkers in in every <laughs> game like they yeah. they put all their weirdest ideas and all their weirdest faces that they can draw on the NPCs in Zelda so right <laughs> <laughs> beetle yeah uh i mean i'm playing like i said i'm playing majora's mask at this moment oh i get I get to talk to tingle once tingle. every 15 minutes, <laughs> <knew it>. yeah <laughs> oh. So yeah, these boss fights are really, really fun. Um, they are they're kind of like they're taking that like Zelda puzzly aspect of it, like we talked about, but just adding a bit more like skill-based combat because you have a bit more we you have that nice dodge roll and stuff like that, so they can make it a little bit more um, action packed than a, a Zelda boss might be. So yeah, yeah, those are good.
1: Kulu limpa. <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Uh, he's a the tingle tuner is going off. Yeah,
0: he's a 35 year old uh <laughs> right. Dresses,
1: dresses. Up. Yeah,
0: never gotten yeah. his own fairy, and he doesn't right. remember me, even though I talked to him 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, so he's the best. Yeah. All right. So. Ryan, you, you've played the Souls games,
2: right?
1: I have. I have. I love Souls games. <laughs> have you, Brian?
2: I've played Bloodborne, and if things go Ryan's way, I'll be playing through Dark Souls. That's yeah. true. yeah. yeah. Uh, but nothing by the, yet.
0: By the time this episode comes out, people will know if things went Ryan's way or not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, like I said at the beginning, this this game got a bunch of people like... Saying that, hey, it's like a Zelda and Souls game together, and that was always the descriptor. That that was what made me interested in playing this game. So, I want to ask you guys before I say uh, my thing: Do you guys think that that's an accurate descriptor for this game? I'll let Brian talk for not us. in
2: the <laughs> least. No, uh, not not really. I mean, the the combat is challenging, but. From my bloodborne little time I have played of that, that that is way more challenging. You really have to learn the moves of the enemies and yeah, for Deathtory, you know if I ran into an issue, I kind of like said, okay, well, I guess they do that and then moved past it, usually without much trouble. Um, so yeah I, I don't think that's an accurate descriptor, the Zelda thing totally, mm-hmm. but not Dark Souls.
1: I think this could be the poster child of journalists getting ahead of themselves when they say something is like a Souls game Uh, because it gets thrown around a lot. And this has almost no qualities of a Souls game aside from what you had said earlier about you have those aha moments when you unlock a door and you're like, Oh, this is a shortcut now, but that's something that Metroidvanias and Zelda games do as well. So I definitely think this is way more of a Zelda game. And I had heard, Uh, comparisons to souls likes as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, I was a little disappointed uh, by that. Yeah.
0: I promise I wasn't making that up. That was like the, it was like one of the key games that people compared this to. And yeah, I think Ryan, you're right. Like this is it, this was like the game that kind of gave me this idea that like, it keeps popping up every, every now and then now that like, since Dark Souls came out, people don't know how to describe how a game is difficult without saying that right. it's like Dark Souls. And this yeah. is just a its just a hard game, but it doesn't have difficulty the same way it does. So like, I, I just want, like, I keep bringing this up because I want people who are listening. I don't want you to listen to uh, this show and come out thinking like, yes, it is like a Dark Souls game. Like all the people say it is like, I promise you it's not, it's just a hard Zelda game. That's what it is.
1: Yeah,
2: I
0: think that's accurate.
2: It definitely does it a disservice to be called a, a Souls-like. Yeah, it does Couldn't a disservice to
0: it? to both games. Like, it, it shows that people don't understand what Dark Souls do with their difficulty, and it also takes away from what Death's Door is doing the way that they make difficulty, too. So, like, it's just, yeah, we got to... Can we just go back to saying games are challenging? We don't have <laughs> right. to say everything is like Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wonder uh, if
1: that just gets the clicks, you know, you throw I'm that sh- name out there. I'm and, sure, and, yeah.
0: yeah. Ah, depressing to think about. Same it with is. the Breath of the Wild, like. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, you know, the <laughs> the oh, the big open world um, has, yeah. the big open world that's not full of uh, towns and stuff like that is just automatically a Breath of the Wild clone now. Right. Yep.
1: Yeah, if it doesn't have like hyper realistic graphics and it's an open world, it's a Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it's either
0: <laughs> yeah. a it's either it's either a Grand Theft Auto open world or it's a Breath of the <laughs> Wild open world. And that's it.
1: Yep,
0: no way in between. Yeah, <laughs> the two genders. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, anything else uh, about the uh, the game itself before we get into final thoughts and stuff like that, and then spoiler time?
2: Nothing uh-huh. in particular. Yeah.
0: Right on. I mean it is a at its it is a it's a short game. It's a fairly simple game and you're basically repeating this loop uh of like explore a level, find out what's going on in this spoke, go into the dungeon, get your key item, fight the boss, go to the next one basically. And uh like we said, it's not a super long game, so
1: I actually have one thing. We talked about exploration. I don't think we ever said it outright. Um, if you are the type of game player who gets overwhelmed by like finding your way in games, you mm-hmm. don't have to do that here. Uh, right. You basically are told where to go next throughout the whole experience. Uh, you just have to explore that level to get through it. And it's never difficult to explore or figure out where to go or anything like that
2: yeah I, I actually did have a little bit of an issue and okay. a couple of the times um sometimes it was because of the map uh mm-hmm. so there's no map that I'm talking about but like the game space that you're on especially in that first area there's there's sometimes some cliffs that I didn't know mm-hmm. like am I this far down or am I all the way up at the top like I kind of got lost in in some of those samey-looking areas. Um, And then there was another point later on where I was just going to all the explored places and and could not find my way around. So I think I had a little harder of a a time in in some of those circumstances. Mm -hmm. But overall, I still got through in about the same amount of hours that you guys said. Yeah,
1: are smaller spaces, I guess is a good way that I should have put it maybe is that when you're once you're in a level, it's not huge. It's not right. overwhelming. It's not like a Breath of the Wild, right? You have a huge <laughs> expanse to explore.
0: And you'll get in these like, uh, you'll get in these like levels leading up to the dungeons where like, there's one, ex- there's one entrance into it, and then there's one exit out of it. So like, you're not going to be like, trying to figure out like do I go in like any of these five exits to this level, you know. So mm-hmm. they they do they do kind of keep you on the path, especially your first time through it because uh, you you haven't gotten the hook shot yet and there's only really one path you can go until you get the hook shot. And so they they do a good job of guiding you through there, I think. Mm-hmm. I there agree. was a point later uh, where it, it's, I think it was in the last spoke where things got a little mazy. And there, I think there was just like a a staircase or like a a path that I just missed um, for a while. And I was just kind of wandering around, but that didn't last too long. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, music break here. When we come back, we will give our kind of final thoughts in summary about Death's Door and a little bit of housekeeping. For final thoughts for death's door do we recommend and stuff like that so i will turn it over to the guest as always uh what do you want listeners uh to know
2: about death's door so i'll go first i i was really hot on this game right after i beat it and i really enjoyed my time with it and was thinking about it and that that was always a sign that the game was really good Um, and I'll talk a little bit more once we hit that spoiler wall about, um, you know, after the story. Um, but at this point, so far removed, I, I definitely have cooled on it. It, it probably was a a little higher on my, uh, game of the year list than, than I had imagined. Um, but yeah, it's. It's it's a great game. I think it's beautifully done. I think it's very charming. That's one of its biggest strengths. Um, so I, I would say I recommend it. There is definitely a price that you have to kind of determine yourself if it is worth it. Um I got it for a great price of five ninety-nine. So like mm-hmm. for that, <laughs> for like the price of a rental, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um and I, I like the amount of time that it 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 hangs around. Doesn't overstay its welcome. It's it's a great Kind of pick up, do it in, you know, three or four sessions at the absolute most. Um, so, yeah, it has a lot of those things going for it. And if they made a sequel, I'd, I'd probably play it, you know, especially if they improved upon the things that we kind of said weren't the greatest. So, yeah, I would say recommended at a lower price unless you really want to, you know, support these developers. Throw 20 bucks. Like, that's that's yeah. not bad at all. Mm-hmm yeah
1: so um just to recap where where do you remember where it was on your game of the year list
2: it was high it was like like three i feel like it was in the top five yeah yeah i do too i want to say like three
1: i'm not gonna rub that in brian uh,
2: it's, well, like, no, see, I've, I've played more games. No, uh, I'm glad I played look, other games longer that I I just didn't right. have. And it takes a big oh, man to admit it's, they were wrong. It's, it takes it's a big man to admit they were wrong. At at this point, one month away, like I could absolutely make a completely different list at this point. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I will say. Um, I did not have it on my game of the year list, yep. and uh, I was kind of given a little bit of crap for that. So <laughs> this is just my comeuppance, I guess, uh, on your show.
2: I would <laughs> but, still um, include it on a, on. I my actually list.
1: say I actually yeah. want to say that the one change I would make is I probably would wipe. Um, so I know we're talking about our show. I'm so sorry, Dave. <laughs> it's all right. Um, but I would I, wipe this is the uh, first airing of Grievances on the show. I'm happy to have it. <laughs> <laughs> I would wipe the Artful Escape from my list and put this on it in its place. I
2: think that's a good switch. I, I Having would do not that. played the Artful yeah, Escape. If
1: I could go back and redo it, I'd do that. Because I will say, this is a very competently made game. The fact that it's made by two people is awesome. Uh, they made a game prior to this called Titan's Souls. And this, you know...
2: Oh, uh, a Dark Souls, like... <laughs> right. Because it has souls
1: in the name. Exactly. Right. Um, but apparently this uh, is a, a pseudo sequel to it, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, I read that somewhere. Um, so don't hold me to that. But look, I, I I think this is a video game. And if you enjoy video games, you will enjoy this game. I just don't think it shines in any Aspect outside of the music, like beyond what we've seen before, right? And that's doing this game a disservice. I had a blast playing it. Uh, I played it without picking up anything else in the meantime. It's a quick game. I s- spent twenty dollars on it, not the five ninety nine that Brian spent. And I would say, <laughs> yeah, I definitely recommend this game at at that price point. If it was forty, no, like don't yeah. buy it at forty, but at twenty dollars you will enjoy this game and maybe you'll enjoy it a lot more than i did enough to do the end game stuff and and get through it cuz there is end game stuff there and that's cool that there is uh that they give you just a little more to do but um it is very well made and there's a lot there to like so yeah wholeheartedly i would recommend playing this game
0: yeah i i kind of agree with you Ryan i i do think this is a game that like i i would recommend that people play but i I want people to like temper their expectations, especially if you've heard that Dark Souls comparison. I think if you like, uh, I think if you like two D Zelda games, like if you really like a Link to the Past and you really like uh, a Link Between Worlds, which is my personal favorite two D mm-hmm. Zelda game, then I think yeah. you'll. There's a lot to like here uh, in Death's Door. I just really got like, you know that. Comparison really put an idea in my head, and it just I, I was set up for disappointment right from the very beginning because people don't know how to describe something that's hard now. With you can just say the word difficult, that's fine. Um, so yeah, I like I'm actually the opposite of uh, of you, Brian. When I finished this game, I was like really kind of lukewarm on it, and as we've talked about it, and I'm kind of like looking at it holistically. Um, I actually like it more than I did, uh, right after I finished it. I like, I do think this is a good game and it, it's really, it's really well made. The music we've talked about is excellent. The boss fights are excellent. And when we're putting up these like pluses and minuses, you know, I don't like the wave combat much and I hate the healing system in it, but overall, I still think this is a pretty good game. Um, it's just not a game of the year type game for me. Um, but it is a, it's a solid game game as we said uh so again especially if you really like those 2d zelda games there's going to be something here that you'll like for sure and i there's a lot that this game does better than those 2d zelda games like i think the boss fights in this are excellent uh so yeah that is uh final thoughts about death's door a little bit of housekeeping before we head into spoiler town so if you're going to tap out now because you want to uh save yourself from spoilers, I want to say thank you for listening. And if you would like to support Tales from the Backlog, the best thing to do is to leave ratings and reviews and tell people about the show. And I know that uh, people will uh, block you on social media if you recommend podcasts. I know how it goes, but it's worth it, I say. So uh, (laughs) subscribing and uh, stuff like that. You guys know all the podcast stuff. Support the show in any way that you can. I really appreciate it. I also do a show that has been mentioned a few times called A Top 3 Podcast, which is uh, another list-based show, but we only do top threes. We're not as good as The List Off Podcast, which does top tens, which is... (laughs) just insane to me to think of 10 things i can only think of four on my show so check out a top three podcast if you like uh actually i was gonna say if you like your lists to be more concise but our episodes are longer than list off episodes so (laughs) so so yeah uh check out a top three podcast and then once again list off podcast which is part of my weekly listening uh and it's just been great having you guys on the show uh before we go into spoiler town so list off podcast, yeah. everyone check that out.
1: And thanks so much for having us. Seriously. I do listen to you every week, man. And uh, I will just name some games here that you got me into hollow Knight, Florence, mm-hmm. uh, mortal shell via social media. Right. Um, yeah. So you've definitely gotten me into some good games that I've enjoyed. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, It's
2: really been nice. I, I listened to a couple episodes before coming on and yeah, I, I really like the deep dives into things and yeah always have good guests and man, it must be hard getting guests lined up because I know that I stress out every time we have like stuff not lined up. So yeah, kudos well, there.
0: My secret is that I, uh, I re I plan guests and then I record things like months ahead of when they release. So that's my secret for not dying of anxiety is giving myself an, an insane buffer uh, of time. So yeah, we give ourselves a day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah so uh and a uh, top three podcast, you know you guys are always welcome to come on that show oh, uh fun. if you if you want to experience what a top three is like as opposed to a top ten.
2: <laughs> be nice. I don't know if you can narrow <laughs> it, it down nice. that much <laughs> it it that see that's the hard part is narrowing it down. I feel like we we give ourselves a long stretch to to go, so yeah, yeah.
1: sometimes yeah. we have a hard time narrowing it down to ten, yes. depending on the subject matter, so
0: yeah, for sure. All right, so we are going to take uh, another music break. When we come back, it's spoiler time for Death's Door. Back with Brian and Ryan talking about Death's Door spoilers. So I want to start out by talking about um, the little crows that you find as you're going through the levels. I didn't say this in the non-spoiler part because I wanted. I think this is a cool thing to discover, and I wanted to save it for now. So as you're going through the levels, you'll or the uh, dungeons, you'll find like three usually. Is it three or four or something I think like it's that? Three. Yeah, I think it's three. three. Yeah, uh, dead crows um, that were obviously out on assignment, and th- this is something that they give to you in these like lore notes, and you have to connect together what happened that like stranded these crows out here, and they ended up dying. Did you guys pick up on that? Because I did not. So I mean,
2: yeah. for me, it was kind of just flavor. I didn't really do any sort of connection. I mean, I, I guess it a little bit you really had to put it together yourself kind of what happened if if you want to know like okay yeah this this is why these these people are here but i kind of was like all right i got the i got the three and now i can go through the door
1: (laughs) so i i kind of read up like as so if you go back to the main hub right uh you inter you know throughout the game you go back to the main hub and the one that's all muted grays and whites, yeah right the office and um when you get there you find these little notes and it's usually crows that seem suspicious of something right yeah like you find these little locked behind locked doors typically the parts of that office that are are locked away and you're restricted access to but when you leave a level you go into that part of of the office so um my headcanon was that those crows were kind of becoming suspicious of a corruption within the bureaucracy. And they, they even say they were sent on assignment and the door closed. So they couldn't get back to like the hub where they don't age and are immortal. A few of them say that. So I think as soon as they became suspicious, uh, can we, I mean, this is behind the spoiler wall. So I yeah, can yeah. go ahead hear me. Hey, right. So as soon as yeah, they, they became suspicious of the Lord of doors, he sent them on assignment only to lock them away, knowing that they would eventually die there. So okay. it's kind of like really poignant to me. Like these guys were just, you know, working and uh, yeah. got sent on assignment thinking they were going to do their job and, and were left there to die. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting. And I think that's something that you kind of have to infer just because you do find those notes in the office and they would seem completely unrelated to the crows left behind. I just kind of thought that might be why.
0: Yeah. It, it seemed to me like in my head, there were two, two possibilities. So like one is like you said, it, it, what happened here is like directly connected to the main story. The other one that I thought was like, there's a separate, I think they even say like the event or like some event happened. I don't know if they use the word event, but like something happened that like shut all the doors at the same time. So I wasn't sure if that was connected to the Lord of doors or if there was something else going on like i've said in the uh other episodes of this show like in the hollow night death gambit episode i'm not great at like i'm not great at doing the work to put these kind of things together by myself i'm i'm a check the wiki for the story i'll, I'll watch yeah. the uh the vadi vidya you know story of dark souls video because i can't figure it out by myself or like yeah I don't know. I want to give why myself credit earlier <laughs> cuz I'm like want to give in myself some boat. credit yeah. but like like intelligence wise but I, I don't want to do the work to read all the stuff and put the pieces together. So, yeah, I was just curious if you guys um picked up on that. And so I So that's
2: I, that's great though for like movies where there's twists cuz you're like, "What?" Oh yeah. I I wasn't putting any of that
0: I, together. I am not looking ahead. I am not <laughs> reading between the lines. I am right. I'm just vibing.
1: No, nice, I think so. that's how you put it actually in the Hollow Knight episode. And I, I yeah. completely agree. I am I am on the same wavelength as your vibe.
2: Yeah. Ryan, I think you get way more than than I do in in a lot of these movies and shows oh, we've really? discussed. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, thanks, <laughs> man.
1: Yeah. I always feel like I'm missing the point. <laughs>
0: uh, no. Well, I, I kind of have that thing where it's like, um, okay, I'm gonna do a podcast episode about uh Dark Souls or about Bloodborne. Uh, and then I, I get my guest on. I'm like, okay, so uh, what's going on in the story? <laughs> <Right>. You know,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, yeah, that happened
0: but, to me. <laughs> I've kind of reconciled. Like, it, it's my job to talk about my experience with the game. It's not my job to teach everyone what the story is. So, right. uh, there's other show YouTube channels. People make their entire careers telling <laughs> the story of these games. So, we'll let them do it. They're good at it. So, right. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's some great uh, Death's Door. Story videos like lower videos on YouTube. Um, I'll look for some, maybe I'll link it in the episode description. So, oh,
3: cool!
0: There's also a very good uh noclip documentary about the making of Death's Door. If you guys haven't uh checked that out, if you if you like uh you know making of game documentaries, noclip is a great channel and they did a, a nice like maybe 45 minute making of Death's Door
2: documentary, And it's really
1: oh, good. that's cool. Yeah, I will check that out. I do like uh, their documentaries.
2: It's amazing how many times I'm like, okay, this game was good. And then, yeah, there's a no-clip documentary already on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I remember seeing that, but I hadn't played Death's Door yet. So it sat on my, like, watch later list on YouTube for Ah. months until I finally played the game. So, um, okay, so that, like, kind of main – that, like – Story with the Crows, um, we have decided is connected to the Lord of Doors. Uh, I actually like that kind of commentary a little bit about like, you know, some offices will do this too. Like someone complains or someone like figures out something oh, and yeah. they like, they, you know, they cut them loose uh, as soon as they figure <laughs> it out. Um, right. But I, I always felt really like uh, touched when I found those dead crows. It's just a very mm. short little burst of a uh, just sad little story because they're their dialogue is, is pretty good, even though it's only a few sentences each time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it fits within the theme of, like, letting go, right? And, um mm-hmm. yeah, they seem almost relieved, but it is kind of sad. Like, yeah. man, you were cheated yeah. out of your life. Like, that yeah. sucks, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Yeah. There was definitely, yeah. like, an honor to it as well. Like, they kind of died and knew, like, all right, well, this is the way it was.
1: Yeah, oh. yep.
0: Speaking of that theme of letting go, that's kind of the theme of all three of those spokes uh, that you go on uh, with uh, the uh, Urn Witch, uh, with the Frog King, and then the, uh, the Beast at the top of the mountain, and uh, not wanting to let go for uh, different reasons and uh, different ways that they kind of avoid uh, death or cheat death. So I want to ask you guys, was there any of those three that really stood out to you?
1: We actually discussed this uh, earlier, not earlier than well on a prior episode of our show. But uh, for me, it was the Frog King. Um, he's maybe the like least deep character. There's not a mm-hmm. lot there, but man, well, he was just fun the what way about he like the,
2: the the Yeti. Wasn't that like a pretty not deep character?
1: Yeah, I, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but uh, I like how the Frog King kept popping in. Uh, and like checking on your progress and being like, "Are sure you want to do this, buddy?" Like, yeah. I don't know if you want to keep going. You know, he was cool, man. Just seeing yeah. like the big frog head pop through a window and uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, always
2: very startling when that happened. Sometimes it was like through a waterfall, I think. And right, just like right. Mm-hmm. just trying to get and by.
0: <laughs> the frog king's thing, like I agree, he's he's not the deepest character. His his whole reason for cheating death is that he just wants to rule over mm-hmm. this uh, this area. And uh, kind of hard to rule over an area if you're dead. So I get his uh, motivation there. Um, not very deep, but uh, yeah, cool, cool character. And uh, the boss fight was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed yeah. that boss fight. You got to, he's, I love how he's wearing armor that's too small for him. And that's he has right. like, yeah, he he's, he's barely holding <laughs> on with these straps and you have to uh, shoot the straps off of his back or, or break them a la, yeah. you know, a Zelda fight. It, I thought that fight was pretty easy. Um, I think I first tried it, but it was a, it was a fun fight.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, he's ruled for too long and uh, got comfortable. I guess it's safe to say. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. Once you become king, you get out of the weight room right. a little <laughs> exactly. bit. <laughs> exactly. Like,
1: I don't have to try so hard anymore. Look at, uh, Thor, uh, what is it, Game of Thrones, Robert Baratheon, right? Like, hey, Yeah, it exactly. To everybody. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> the cool thing I thought with that level is if you talk to some of the villagers, um, they'll eventually start talking about how he was a good ruler at one time. So, um, once again, like inferring, I kind of got that. He felt like he was the best to protect the people he ruled over. And somewhere along the line, he lost sight of that. And just, it became more about ruling forever. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: was a cool one. Um, I enjoyed, I think the only one of these three that evoked some kind of like sadness or like deep story at all was the one with the witch, uh, the urn witch and pothead um, about how she's trying to uh, basically cheat death for herself and her family, um, and, but inadvertently cursed them to have, uh, or cursed the one to have uh, a pot for a head, as his name would suggest. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that was cool too. Cause she pops up throughout the dungeon, um, kind of like, I, I can't remember exactly what she's, uh, talking about, but she's, you know, she's popping up and talking to you throughout the dungeon. And this was the first one. And I wasn't like exactly sure what to do. So I would attack her as soon as she popped up. Right. Um, and I don't know if you have to attack her to get her to go away, but as soon as she was talking, I was very much in like, oh, this is the boss, you gotta die. So fireball, right. you know.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah. She does just kind of watch you if you leave her there too. It's kinda mm-hmm. eerie. Right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We already talked about that fight, but I, I think the story there is the only one of these three stories that I think um, you know, had the kind of emotion that a game that's like talking about the theme of death and letting go could uh get into, you know.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yeah, he, you know, tried. She tried to save the one she loved, and ended up turning his head into a pot of soup. But it, but it is delicious soup. Yep. So, and he offers you some of it, which I thought was great. Oh.
0: Yeah. You should have gotten a skill point or something like that for drinking his head soup,
1: right? You should have. I agree. I agree.
2: I don't even remember the the beast storyline. Wasn't I it don't just either. Like an angry Yeti.
1: No, wasn't the tr- wasn't there somebody who like lost their love and then you find out like there was a guy you meet down <gasps> oh. in the village who was talking about oh my the love of my life retreated up the mountain. That's and blah, right. Blah, blah. Yeah. And then you find out the love of his life was like Betsy or Betty the. Uh, That's right. The huge Yeti, right? <laughs> Better yeah. the Yeti, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't really having to do with her. It was somebody else. But uh, right.
2: Yeah. Oh, that that was another kind of side character that I liked was the squid that like took over that dead body and was just like animating it in the, the cafe area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was hilarious.
1: <laughs> that was so off putting. It was so weird yeah. for this game. It was like, wait, well, hold on. I feel like there's some big deeper thing going on here. Like, how did this happen? Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the, uh, the beast was uh, for me, it was the hardest boss uh, of Definitely. the three. Um, it it definitely took me the most tries with that, like that spinning roll attack. And like, you know, it's whenever you play a game, if you've played any Zelda game or anything like that, you know, like, oh, this enemy rushes at me, like curls up in a ball. I need to make it run into the wall, you know, but it comes at you really fast. And it took me a while to get that, the timing down to dodge that attack. But once I did, it was a really fun fight.
2: Yeah, I, I got through that one and by the skin of my teeth. That was that was a tough one for sure.
1: Yeah, these were all fun fights. I'm just so happy I made it beyond the spoiler wall without spoiling the game. Yeah, I was oh, spoiling yeah. it for a yeah, while yeah. there. I was like, I can't say certain things. Like, yeah, well, what did. Yeah.
0: Even if you did, that's the magic of uh, audio editing. So no worries. <laughs> um, the uh, the other thing I I just wrote down like the the mountain was my least favorite level in the game. Because it has uh, slippery ice floors, which I'm never a big fan of, and uh, the timed hookshot puzzles, uh, where you, you have to like hit a switch and then do something within a certain amount of time. And I felt like the times were, like, they're obviously like timed correctly because you can get through by the skin of your teeth or what feels like it, but... I would fail those like several times uh, before I could actually do it. Like well beyond the point where I was like, oh, okay, I see what I have to do now. Now I need three more attempts to actually execute it. And I just didn't like those a ton. Uh, Other than that, the other levels were all pretty fun.
1: Yeah. The, the So earlier when I had mentioned that there were parts where it seemed like there was a flower, like a healing pot around every corner, it was mm-hmm. actually that mountain level. There was a point where you're kind of on a catwalk, like zigzagging around, uh, and you get platforms where you have to fight enemies, and it seemed like I'd get a healing pot... And I'd go like right and up and left again. And I'd be like just north of the healing pot and there'd be another one right mm-hmm. there. And yeah, <laughs> it was it was just kind of like odd placement throughout that that part of the level.
0: Yeah, the healing pots in general, just so odd to me, like throughout the game, like just the decision to do it that way was odd. And then it would be, there you're right. There's some parts where like, it's like, oh, I just got done with a, a combat wave I need a healing pot. Where's my healing <laughs> pot, you know? And then sometimes where it's like, I haven't fought anything since the last healing pot. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: So, um, yeah, after you get through those three uh, spokes with the uh, the beast, the frog king, and the urn witch, uh, you... C- complete your task that you were doing. Maybe you should have said this uh, earlier. this is the theme of the show is just constantly like, oh, I should have mentioned this before the spoiler wall. <laughs> but uh, you you make this uh, this old crow who uh, needed you to get these three souls to open up uh, this door that this his assigned soul had escaped into. And so you go through the whole game and you think that like, okay, I'm gonna open this door the final boss will be in there uh the crow is going to be my buddy but uh something i wasn't <laughs> expecting it was a cool twist that when you do open that door the soul that you're trying to get or he's trying to get is gone forever like basically you know like once the soul enters that door it's gone you'll never find it uh and he just loses his shit and like he <laughs> becomes a uh, a villain in the game yeah and you have to take him down and it's if I wasn't worried, if I wasn't worried about spoiling, I would like share this on social media. Cause it's such a visually striking fight. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just it that really white is. canvas,
0: right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it shifts yeah. the perspective. You're like, you're way more overhead than the regular fights are. And mm-hmm. it
1: leaves like this trail, right? Almost like an inky trail as mm-hmm. it goes. It is really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, as you're fighting it, you get a lot of projectiles across the screen and, um, how, oh man, it's, it, I, I don't know if it's my favorite fight. Cause I think the final boss is really, really good too, but it's a, it's just an excellent boss fight. Like it's fun and visually it's incredible. I, I just yeah. I have nothing but good things to say about that old crow fight.
1: Yeah. This might be my favorite. Cause, uh, I didn't really care for the final boss fight to be okay, honest yeah. with you.
0: Let's um, get into it. What about the final boss? Did you
1: not like, well, I just felt like. It It definitely needed a checkpoint. I said this to Brian months ago, I want to say that. I wrote that in the notes too. (laughs) yeah yeah i know i know i saw it there and i was like i don't want you to think i'm going off your notes like these are my genuine Mm -hmm. feelings because it was like how many times am i gonna have to do this like dodge left dodge right duck behind the thing like yeah that whole first part and then just to get to the fight again was like oh man like i know this (laughs) i've got the pattern memorized like i don't have to keep doing this and it does it twice i think right it does that twice
0: the the uh, so yeah you're going for people listening if you haven't played or if you forgot you're going times, yeah. you're going through a gauntlet of like uh, you have to get to the other side of this gauntlet and you're just avoiding stuff uh, throughout the level like projectiles and enemies and things shooting out and like disappearing ledges and you have to hook shot around and uh, it's definitely multiple screens it's at least mm. two screens of it and I totally agree there should be a checkpoint. Uh, cause yeah, yeah, there's just nothing, there's nothing worse than, um, like you get to a part and you die a few times, but you have to do that first part over again. And that's just, it sucks in every game that does that.
1: Well, especially because it was, it wasn't ever necessarily difficult. I feel like I got through it the first time, right? Like it's challenging. It's like, oh, you have to really read what's coming your way and Mm -hmm. move accordingly. But I got through it the first time. And then if it's not challenging the first time, you can imagine if you have to do it multiple times, you're like, exactly. come on, this yeah. is just, like, why <laughs> am I doing this again? Yeah. yeah.
0: It, it might be a little bit of nitpicking in a game that's so short, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, because, well, for me, I didn't beat it my first time. It took me, like, maybe at least five tries on each section of the gauntlet to me- basically memorize what's coming and where I have to Uh go to get through it. So by like my 10th attempt at the whole gauntlet and I have to go do the first part again, I was like, God damn it. Just give me a checkpoint. You know, like I've, I've proven to you game. I can do this, you know? (laughs) Right. Uh, but I don't know, Brian, what did you think about that?
2: Yeah. I completely forgot that that whole thing existed, but (laughs) I, I don't, I don't think I had too much trouble with it. Um, I think I had more trouble with the actual boss fight than than the gauntlet honestly. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean it was it was annoying but yeah, I don't think it was overly difficult or or made me frustrated anytime. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: I I will say I think the final boss is a good boss fight. I know I sound like I'm just bitching and moaning about it, but like it is a good boss fight. It's just that made it to where it couldn't be my favorite one. mm mm-hmm. Mhm yeah you know there there was enough of a fault there that it it couldn't possibly be the the best to me. do um, you guys
0: remember do you get a checkpoint after you beat the gauntlets before you fight the final boss like if you die in the boss fight, do you get a checkpoint? do you no. remember I Are do you remember sure?
1: yeah, I do remember. <laughs> I think maybe the final maybe you get one before the very final phase of the fight, but I think like, there are four phases to it. Right. So if like, I'm not mistaken.
0: You get to the end of one gauntlet section, you fight the boss uh for it's really short, you know, you, you have to mm-hmm. hit him, you know, twenty times or something like that, and then he disappears. I mean like the final one where you're in the headquarters. Right. That's the um,
2: part that I had the most trouble with. I think I there's say. a checkpoint yeah. just
1: before that. I think okay, there yes. is too. Yeah. But you do a boss rush prior to that, right? There's like a boss rush too somewhere in there Ooh, as a part of it. Because I, I, I know you remember. <laughs> yeah, I should have written <laughs> I, I'm, that I'm down. Sh- I'm sure you go back to at least like the Yeti, right? Like doesn't he roll yeah, around in the Yeti's right. room like the Yeti? Yeah. yeah. So there's yep. like yeah, there's enough there to be frustrating without a checkpoint somewhere within. There are like three phases before the final one and it's yeah. like no checkpoint for those three.
0: Yeah. yeah. I I definitely wanted a checkpoint at some point in there. Um then, when you do make it to HQ and you fight like the final version of the boss, I thought that was really good. I, I really enjoyed that. It's basically every mechanic, every attack that any boss has done up until then, all together. And he, this is a thing like with all the bosses, I feel like they all only have like three moves that they use. And this final boss has like five moves. So it's still not a whole lot to memorize, but you have to, uh, again, you can't heal during any of this. So you have to basically be perfect uh, in this Mm -hmm. fight. Uh, I still thought it was really fun, though, and visually striking, again, in this black and white environment um, with all these like glowing attacks and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I think... It's. It would have been visually striking if, like, when he shoots the orbs at you, if it was just a big, like, lightsaber-colored orb, right? Because mm-hmm. it is that same pink hue that your lightsaber has, that almost reddish pink. But they did, like, reflections and lighting effects on the wall and floor, and I thought mm-hmm. that was, like, that really added to it.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I think I beat that final boss on my, maybe my third try, uh, something like that. it it was there were a couple of attacks that like they hit me hard a couple of times and then you know once you get the hang of the attacks and stuff like that it's not so hard to to dodge um and but he has he has a lot of i think he has multiple phases even in that last phase uh it's a it is a final boss final boss you know yeah. everything comes <laughs> together
2: yeah i think that's the, my pet peeve of games is If if the final boss doesn't feel like the big climax to everything, then it it kind of ends like a wet fart. But this one definitely (laughs) had a a good strong final boss.
0: Unless there's a a really good reason for it, because there's a there's a couple of games uh, where the final boss is kind of a pushover, but there's a good thematic reason for that happening. You know. Sure. Uh, But this is a good like final test. Like everything you've learned throughout the game, you got to do it right here.
1: Right. No, it, it, the game ends well. Yeah. Uh, so just a little bit of a, like a lore dump here. Yeah. The Lord of Doors is like the some odd number in a line of Lord of Doors. Right. right? He's like the fifth or sixth, and the uh, he made a deal with. There, uh, there was always this deal with Death, where they would reap souls to extend, and in return would get an extended life. Uh, death would give them an extended life. The, the person Death in this game. um so that, because they're reaping souls, so death kind of gets like a break and a vacation out of it. Yeah. Uh, which, by the way, death was like a really cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like you're going after him and then he ends up being the nice guy and the crow freaks out. Oh, and you're that's like, What right. the heck's going on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hold on. This is not what I expected oh. at all. Um, but the Lord of Doors was the one who couldn't let go. He had opened this door and trapped death behind it. So that souls could no longer reach that realm, and they were the soul reapers, and basically he would never die.
2: Uh, And didn't he like make the crows do this? Like that was, he forced them.
1: Right. So they were reaping souls, but souls would get stranded, and the stranded souls would turn into monsters. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's kind of what you're fighting throughout the game, is how I took it. Um, But it kind of didn't gel with that. Like the stranded crows, because stranded crows are there and they're in crow form. Granted, they're spirits, but like, why weren't they monsters? You know, yeah, it would have been kind of
0: cool to fight, um, fight the the crows. I don't know if you had to do it three times in each, um, dungeon that would have gotten kind of old. So maybe I'm talking myself out of it already, <laughs> but it would have been okay. Would have been cool.
1: The one issue I have too is like the crow at the end, you know, after you defeat the Lord of Doors, the Lloyd of Doys, the, um, the, like the little crow worked himself out of a job, dude. Yeah. Like death is now the soul, huh? Soul Reaper uh-huh. <laughs> only. Yeah. So so and he's uh, like, yeah.
0: uh, okay, what am I. Yeah. So like... We get a job at the gas station or
1: something. <laughs> right. Like, what do I do now? Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. So uh, anything else about death's door story or bosses or anything like that that we haven't mentioned so far
2: i'm i'm eager to to know if you guys would want a sequel to this game
0: well yeah i would i would play it because i i mm-hmm. trust um i, I think acid the nerve. developers know what they're doing acid nerve they know what they're doing uh, they obviously are very competent game makers so if they make death's door 2 uh, i would play it for sure I, I would yeah. have my expectations in line this time, so I might actually enjoy it a little bit more too. Sure. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think I would I would play it. Um, I think they have received a lot of crit- criticism. Even everything we've just talked about is is out there. I think other people had similar experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, if they take that to heart, then I think it could make for a better game, or they could you know stick in their direction and, and refine whatever they feel is, is their strong point. Um, but I think there's there's room for growth and for this to be, you know, even if it was, like, a longer game but had more density to it, I feel like that was one of the things that, you know, you're collecting little upgrades every once in a while, but there's not that, like, Zelda rupee that it's like, all right, this is worth one thing, but, like, collect a 100 and, and you can do something else there's there's not a lot of little trinkets to like always get it's always these kind of big things like the big shrine so i think they could go in that direction where they kind of get a little more granular with what they're doing but but make it more dense
1: i i would like to see another game come out of acid nerve i think i would almost assuredly give it a try but i don't know if i want a sequel to this game Mm -hmm. just because of how it ended where are you gonna go from there you know, like, yeah, uh, it would have to be a forced story. And then you start getting the feeling, was it based off of the success of this game? Because that's what you don't want. You don't want a, anybody to make a game because it's a sequel to a game that did well, right?
2: Yeah. That's, that's when the you make reason. prequels and three yeah. prequel <laughs> exactly. movies. That's true. Yeah.
1: I'd play a prequel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think, uh, like, I didn't play uh, Titan Souls. Is that what the, the previous one is? Yeah. I didn't play that, but I've heard pretty strong criticism from people I trust uh, about the way that they made like difficulty in that game and the combat and stuff like that so if that's the case then I think they maybe improved a little bit for Death's Door and I've made my criticisms pretty clear about the combat and healing systems in Death's Door and if they iterate on that and just put it in a different, you know, game setting, new story, new world, new everything. I'll definitely play it. Um, Death Door Two, I would probably play because I, like, I, I like how the story, you know, has a nice conclusion here. But I don't really like if they were to make up a new story for Death Door Two. I wouldn't really care. That wouldn't be off-putting for me. Um, I'm, I would be more interested in what they do with the gameplay.
2: Yeah. I have the perfect idea. Oh, okay. Two players. All right, let's hear it. Two players, two crows running around, co-op. Oh, there co-op. you go. That's what you do for a sequel. And you, you make it out.
1: actually like like a Souls-like, right? Shot, take a shot. You make <laughs> yeah. it actually like a Souls-like where you lose final shot. things when you die. Yeah. And you have to go back and like get them. And, oh, it'd be yeah. beautiful. Yeah, there
0: you go. I, I'm actually really glad they didn't do that in this game because like, if you're going to do that, you have to let me heal during fights. If you're right. going to like punish me for dying, you have to let me heal sometimes. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So something's got to give. So, all right. Well, uh, what do you guys say? We wrap this one up here. Yeah, Sounds good. let's do it. Cool. Well, uh, once again, this has been a, it's been a great conversation. I've had a ton of fun talking about Death's Door. So once
1: again, thanks for coming on the show guys.
2: Yeah, hey, it's our pleasure thank you
1: yeah honestly thank you so much for having us on um I feel like I have to keep talking. I don't know what's been recorded prior to this but we're not at that two hour mark yet Dave and yeah. I, I just I, <laughs> I, in some ways I want to be the one to break that streak but in other ways it's like the end of an era
0: well it's uh it's it's possible but I do have music to cut into the episode that may put us over uh or close to yes. that two hour mark. <laughs> Um, but it, by the time this episode comes out, there will have been a string of uh, three plus hour long episodes of the show. <laughs> so I do, I was kind of like, I could talk about Death Store for a while, but like I do want to kind of rein this back in a little bit. Um, there's a uh, the by the time this comes out, people will have heard the Hitman Two episode, which is uh, almost four hours long, and I don't regret wow. a minute of it, but it's a long <laughs> ass episode. Yeah,
1: you actually got me to download Hitman 2. I have yet to play it, but because of your Hitman 1 episode, I downloaded Hitman 2.
0: Hell yeah. Well, uh, by the time this episode comes out, January 31st will be the release date for the Hitman 2 episode. So uh, it's almost as long as the real game. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, guys, once again, um, people listening, one more plug for the List Off podcast, which is just a, a fantastic show and, and easy listening. You know, lists are, I think human brains are engineered to love lists. <laughs> and uh, there's there's nobody that does it better than List Off. So check out that show.
1: Yeah, we're engineered to prey on the human brain.
2: So yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> we have a team of scientists who drip feed the, just the right amount of dopamine to you.
0: Exactly. The algorithm says lists. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So, uh thank you everybody for listening and uh stay tuned next time for the next game that comes out of the backlog. Bye.
2: Bye. See ya.